Hello. 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 Thank you for tuning in to Sunday School Bonanza brought to you by those of us at This Week in Mormons. My name is Jeff. I am joined by my co-host Dustin Homer this week. Hi, Jeff. Hi, everyone. Hi, Dustin. So happy to be here. Lovely to have you here. The people love you. I don't have any quantified data that says that. (laughs) But I'm willing to believe that. But I believe in my heart of hearts. I I love the people too. Once again, we are in the Church History and Doctrine and Covenants Manual this week. And what we're doing here, in case you're not aware, we're giving you a quick little digestible synopsis preview of the of this gospel doctrine lesson so that you can ponder it and be better prepared. It's like, we don't all, how many of us read those little manuals they give us before class? Nobody. So maybe if you do this, you might be better off. I don't know. Whatever you'd like. This is lesson five, though. It's called, This is the Spirit of Revelation. And we're going to talk a lot today just about personal Revelation. I think it's cool because this is very much a thematic lesson. This does not follow any sort of structure and doctrine and covenants. This bounces all over the place on sections on scriptures. We're just having a discussion about personal revelation today. Yeah, very much. So. And and it's it's pretty notable that like here in especially so here in the Church of Jesus Christ, we're extremely organized. We have revelation that comes through many channels, right? We got a <laughs> prophet that reveals the Word of God. We've got and, and then it's voted leaders. on in committee, and then no, yeah, so. no. But seriously, right? We got channels. We got books. We got parents. But really, at the heart of living the gospel of Jesus Christ, at the heart of being a disciple of Christ, is this whole concept of personal revelation. That's what this lesson is going to focus on, our need for personal revelation and what we do to get personal revelation. Why do we need it? We have a prophet. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me. No, but really, right? Because, because, and that's what's so like so remarkable about, remarkable about our Father in Heaven is that He recognizes the uniqueness of all of us. We all have unique situations and circumstances and concerns and needs and temptations and sins and desires. And so he speaks to all of us individually. That's what it's all about. And I I think the good thing to remember is that we are all privy to the blessing of personal revelation. It's so easy to assume that, like I kind of joked, you know, that we have the prophet or the the prophet does receive revelation and that's for the church at large. I I can't receive that revelation. You know, we receive revelation... uh, contingent upon our jurisdiction and what we have, right? Absolutely. And so I can receive it for myself and for my my family as a head of a household, potentially. You know, you can do these things. And that's great. We should seek after this stuff. I think all too often we don't. We don't think that the Lord can miraculously guide us when he can. But he can. And really, everything else, so everything else that it's built upon and every other revelation that comes from a leader or from somebody else is contingent upon our own personal revelation, our own testimony that we get from the Spirit exactly, of God. Exactly, because really what is a testimony? A testimony effectively is one's, uh, inter- is basically one's way to interpret and, and paint a word picture of the personal revelation one has received exactly. regarding gospel truth. Exactly. I mean, so. And, and as you know, most of the people, all of us who are listening, or most of us have the gift of the Holy Ghost and have a right, I mean, have, a, have an actual right when we, when we are worthy and when we seek to receive knowledge, communication directly from the Holy Ghost. And, and I think one of the best things of it, there are testimonies and we can learn divine truths. And also I think personal revelation can help us to understand or to receive knowledge of things that we aren't even necessarily seeking or don't even fully uh, understand, like guidance sort of beyond our understanding. And that goes in, that's parallel with the Holy Ghost. I mean, how many of us receive inspiration or revelation that we should do particular things and we don't understand why? Yeah. You know? I think I've seen this a lot with many people living here in DC. I've seen it, I guess, more in my life than with others. Lots of people who move here and just say, I don't have a job, but I prayed about this and God told me, come to DC. <laughs> yeah, my wife's had the same experience. So and sometimes you're like, that's crazy, but then it 
usually works out yeah. because God guides us. So, so that's what we're gonna. So that's what today's about. So, so we have. Uh, you know, I think I think we all have a pretty clear idea of why it's so important that we get personal revelation. But this lesson's cool because it's going to talk about how we get it, and that's what we're going to launch into is a little bit of a discussion on how do we really be better at getting personal revelation. Exactly, and there are many steps. So one of the main things we want to talk. So Doctrine and Covenants nine, eight, famous scripture. If you go to chapter nine. You've probably all heard this, and it says, But behold, I say unto you that you must study it out in your mind, then you must ask me if it is right. And if it is right, I will cause that your bosom shall burn within you, therefore ye shall feel that it is right. Now, remember, this was a revelation that went from Joseph Smith to Oliver Cowdery, and uh, Oliver was trying to be patient. And a lot of this was because, um, didn't, there's the, he was trying to translate, right? Oliver wanted to translate, and he was frustrated with it. And there right. was a period of time later on when Oliver even wanted to have the gift of, yeah, the actual translation. Sorry, not scribe, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and the Lord tells him to be patient. But this counsel applies to us because we need to study it out in our mind. Like the way Joseph Smith says stuff in, in the Joseph Smith history about when he was seeking the true church. What does he say? The, the lesson has some good points here. He says, you know, his mind was called up to serious reflection. He said, my feelings were deep and often poignant, and he attended several meetings of other churches as often as the occasion would permit. Now, what I take from this personally is that Joseph Smith did not just sort of haphazardly walk to the sacred grove and ask a question. Everything he was doing up to that point put him in a state where God was going to bless him with that which he sought. And that, I think, is exactly what studying it out in your mind means. It it means really pondering the stuff in your spare time. Joseph Smith was essentially consumed with trying to find out where he should be and what he should be doing. And he pondered it. He took actions accordingly. He went to meetings. He, you know, he, like I said, he studied it all out. He learned things as best as he could. And I think that's, I mean, like, nothing's easy when you're trying to be a disciple of Christ, right? Like, nothing's supposed to be easy. Revelation's an involved, difficult, challenging experience. It's not no, divining. No. It's not fortune-telling. It's you making the, the extreme effort necessary to receive communication from deity, and I think when we approach it that way, we... Yeah, we can't be passive about it. Yeah. I mean, definitely. God expects us to be proactive in seeking his inspiration. And figuring out on our own what to do, even if it doesn't come, so... Yeah, that's one of the... I think that is one of the... Uh, the worst part. That's a bit of a sidetrack, but that's one of the hardest things, is figuring out when you get to the stage when you realize God's just trusting you to make a call based on having studied it out on your own, because both options or whatever you're facing are fine. You know, and that's, that's a hard place to be, because then you have to trust yourself to make educated, spiritually driven decisions, so... Anyways, so that was that, studying it out. And then we launch into the importance of pondering. Oh, sorry, my manual just dropped. But the importance <laughs> of the, the importance of, 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 of pondering and seeking. Because, I mean, so we've talked about how there's effort. Effort has to go into this whole, this whole process of seeking revelation, how we have to, have to think about it and, and work about it. But we also have to stop and listen. And that's one of the hardest things for me. I don't yeah. know about you. But it's like we seek for it, we ask for it, but then you have to sit around for a little while mm-hmm. and let it come, right? And figure out how you feel the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. And, and that's something that the Lord goes on to give us counsel in, in, in some of these chapters and then we'll be talking about in the lesson. And also especially to ponder the scriptures. And there's, you know, there's a quote here from uh, Elder Oaks even explains. He says, Scripture reading may lead to current revelation on whatever subject the Lord wishes to communicate to the reader at that time. Uh, we do not overstate the point when we say that scriptures can be a Urim and Thummim to assist each of us to receive personal revelation. Because we believe that scripture reading can help us receive revelation, we are encouraged to read the scriptures again and again. By this means, we obtain access to what our Heavenly Father would ha- have us know and do in our personal lives today. 
That is one reason Latter-day Saints believe in daily scripture study. I love that because it's not as much like the habits of it, how reading the scriptures has you have the spirit. It's specifically saying reading the scriptures daily allows us to be a conduit for receiving revelation. Even if the scriptures and what we're seeking are unrelated, it's simply that reading the scriptures every day enables us to receive revelation better. Well put. Well put. Very good. And then, of course, we have to ask to inquire (laughs) of the Lord. So simple, yet so challenging sometimes. Yeah. I mean, Elder Packer said, No message appears in Scripture more times in more ways than ask and ye shall receive. Um, You'll find a lot of this in Doctrine and Covenant 6, especially. What does it mean to ask? How do we ask? Well, I think, so there's a little little thought from President Kimball in here that I think really kind of outlines a good a good thought for us that's, you know, what does it mean to pray in faith? Do you offer a few trite words and worn out phrases or do you talk intimately to the Lord? Do you pray occasionally or regularly, often or constantly? When you pray, do you speak or do you listen? Do you give thanks or ask for favors? And that, I think the whole idea, I mean, you know, to pray is to speak, is to communicate. To ask means that you, with all of your heart, with all of your energy, uh, really try and communicate with God. And it's a lot more than just a few phrases. Well, I think the key thing is that communicate involves a two-way street. Absolutely. That we can talk to God, but a big part of prayer that I think is very easy to forget for any of us is to take the time to listen for responses and listen for inspiration. All too often, we want to get get through the prayer. And it's, maybe we have that attitude, you know, get through the prayer. And sometimes we have those moments when it's good just to keep the consistency going, even if nothing else. But uh to take the time to listen for that inspiration is vital. And to figure out how you get it, right? I mean, there's no prescription for this. There's no, like, there's no, I mean, you know, we have guidance from the scriptures. Right here we have guidance from the scriptures, but that's what's so intensely personal about personal revelation is you have to figure out the way that it works for you. I mean, there's no, there's no, uh, like, kind of clear formula that you just follow. No, there's not. But I think one of the other key things to remember is not to offer, as as President Kimball says, trite uh, or worn-out phrases. Yeah. It's so easy to do, and it's just, it was actually kind of funny, just, uh, Recently, I was eating at a, an establishment that is frequented by LDS people. It rhymes with Mafeo. <laughs> and um, I wonder what it could be. Anyway, it's funny when you go to a place like this out here on the East Coast because there's always Mormon spotting to be had. <laughs> and I kind of, uh, we kind of smiled, my wife and I, as we, um, people behind us actually prayed over their meal, which is a good thing, but they use the classic nourish and strengthen our bodies. And when you're in, you know, it's just funny if you're anywhere as a Mormon and you hear the the words nourish and strengthen our bodies and you kind of can't help but laugh because it's like such a cliche in our church. Especially when it's food that ain't nourishing anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think that uh, that special dressing they have is doing any favors. But yeah, little things like that. You know, whatever it is, it's great when we're actually thinking about what we're saying as best as we can and uh, taking the time to do it. No, I think that's well put. And then, you know, kind of the the, the next point is that um, we have to be obedient and serve God, right? We have to have a lifestyle that's conducive to us, us, us being, you know, worthy to receive revelation. I mean... You know, you can't, uh, you know, you can't, can't expect to receive communication from God if you're not making every effort to keep his commandments. And it's just a, I mean, it's, it's a point that I overlook sometimes too. You know what I mean? Like you have to really, you have to be really living in such a way to qualify for revelation. It's not going to happen. And there's a, a cool quote from, from, from Elder Oaks that, you know, kind of talks about how the whole, the whole point behind revelation is having the companionship of the Holy Ghost. So step one really is to be worthy to have the companionship of the Holy Spirit. And then you can expect to receive revelation as you ask and seek and knock. Exactly. And then, of course, you have to be meek and humble about it. You have to. They, they offer the, uh, the rather famous anecdote about when Joseph Smith was attempting to translate, 
and he had a bit of a tiff with Emma and he couldn't do it thereafter. And he learned a valuable lesson that's applicable to all of us, uh, you know, and that we need to have our house in order, so to speak, to be meek and humble, not be contentious. Otherwise, we can't expect to receive the personal revelation that we're going after. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then kind of one of the final points they bring up, and I think this is... Uh, is a big deal is that we have to focus on things of God rather than things of the world. And I mean, obviously, but, but I mean, there's, there's a whole, there's a whole idea there that like, what are you seeking revelation for? Right? Like, what's the goal? What's the intent? And so if your eyes single to the glory of God, as the Lord teaches us about so much, then you're really in a place to receive revelation because then the Lord speaks to you things that are helping to build his kingdom, help you become more of a disciple of Christ. But if we're focusing on things of the world, if our heart's set on other things, we're not going to be as open, as conducive to receiving revelation because, you know, we don't want it for the right reasons. And I think, yeah. I mean, I think that's <laughs> obvious, but I mean, there's a lot of small applications in our lives. Well, it's hard. I mean, yeah. you know, it's late at night, you're hanging out and you might just be like enjoying watching something that's not even bad or like worldly, quote unquote. You could be watching like Food Network and just hanging out but you have to ask yourself, wait a minute, is this actually cutting into time I could be spending in the scriptures or pondering something else? Yeah. And if the next day you're praying for like massive revelation on what to do at the next stage of your life and you spent all this time on worldly things, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, too often we, we equate the worldly things with, you know, sin. Obviously, if, sure. I'm out, if I'm out at strip clubs the night before, I can't expect much good thing, any good things either. But we got to think about those day-to-day things that we could do where we can better manage our time and put more time to the Lord. It's very, very difficult. I mean, it is to find that time and make sure that, that we do it. But uh, as we set aside those things, we are far more inclined to get revelation. This is why missionaries are able to do what they do because they have the privilege and the good fortune of devoting 100% of their time to the things of God. They don't have to worry about other stuff. Now, we aren't in that position anymore, those of us lay members, as we may say. <laughs> But uh, what? why would it be wrong to try, you know, to yeah. do our best to recreate as much of that as we can? Because obviously that's, the, the ex- that's what we're expected to do. Yeah. I, think. I mean, we're in a better place that way. Well, I guess we can finish this one up. The other funny thing that I think of in doing this lesson is it makes me think of how much do we prepare for gospel doctrine and stuff like that. And I'm not saying that for the sake of this podcast. What I'm honestly saying but is... But seriously, prepare. <laughs> what I'm honestly saying is on a topic like this, especially where we can't just say, here, read section five. This bounces all over the place. Read that manual if you've been given it. Ponder these things and take that time. We get so much more out of church when we take the time and are prepared spiritually to be there and to be fed. Absolutely. Uh, We can go to church and just kind of go through the motions of it and it'll be fine, but we get so much more when we actually take that that extra time. I mean, like, it's like night and day. The weeks when I have to prepare a gospel doctrine lesson to actually teach, I feel so revved up and knowledgeable and full of the spirit with so many topics, so many things, whether the lesson or other, compared to times when I just show up. Just, you know. just chill. So, and so in the spirit of preparation, you know, we are all worthy to receive revelation. And you know, this week is about thinking about what we can do personally to get more revelation, to get better revelation, and to help other people yeah. communicate better with God. So, well, there we go. Great lesson. Work on those things, and we could talk about this forever. But uh, <laughs> and, and your teacher can. will appreciate your comments. Don't just sit there in solitude. And you'll help others receive revelation too. You will. Don't think that you're going to say something that doesn't need to be said because somebody else will say it or nobody wants to hear it. Everyone wants to hear it. I promise you that. Anyway, Dustin, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Everybody, you can find Dustin on like Facebook. Find him. (laughs) I need friends. That was a shameless (laughs) plug. (laughs) And of course, find us at thisweekinmormons.com. You can find This Week in Mormons on Facebook, at The Real Twim on Twitter, and shoot us an email, contact at thisweekinmormons.com. Dustin does not have it, This Week in Mormons email address. 
But if you feel like he should have one, (laughs) I will give him one. (laughs) That's going to be it. Lesson number five. This is the Spirit of Revelation Sunday School Bonanza brought to you by TWIM. Thanks for listening, folks. We hope to uh, talk to you soon. Bye-bye.